welcome back to our podcast, Healing the Broken Marriage. I'm your host, Alicia. And today I am so excited because I have Jenna Winston on the podcast. And for those of you who don't know, Jenna is a speaker, a writer, prophetic deliverance pastor who is radically saved from mental illness and extreme drug addiction. Through her radical transformation and inner healing from abuse and trauma, she has a burning passion to lead people into the same freedom, restore identity, and lasting breakthrough. She loves to use her gift as a seer to help people find the root of their issue so they can turn to what God is doing and walk in complete joy and freedom. Jenna also has a podcast out called Through the Eyes of a Seer Prophet, which I suggest you guys go check out because it is phenomenal. And I'm just so excited to have you on the podcast today. So welcome, Jenna. I am so excited to be here. I am. I'm super stoked. Yay. I know. I've been wanting to have this conversation with you for such a long time. So I'm just so glad that you said yes. Oh, but, yes, of course. <laughs> so I just wanted to kind of get, you know, catch you up to where we've been on the podcast. Okay. So um, for the last couple of podcasts, we've been talking about trauma and I've been sharing with the listeners some of the, the traumas um, that I've experienced in my own marriage. And I've had on Dr. Ali Boutros to talk about trauma from a psychology standpoint, but I really wanted to bring you in on to the conversation to talk more about the spiritual aspects of trauma because, yeah. you know, you being a prophetic deliverance pastor, I feel like what you bring to the conversation is so needed today um, because your approach to inner healing is something a lot of us can relate with because I feel like for a long time in the church world, the word inner healing applies, mm -hmm. you know, that there's something wrong with me. Right. I think, which causes a lot of us to shy away from inner healing and deliverance. And I love how you are just challenging those mindsets that inner healing is not about what's wrong with me, but simply exchanging the lie that we have believed for God's truth. And so I'm just really excited to go there with you today. And I would really love it if you could just share some of your life journey with the listener and what exchanging the enemy's lies for God's truth has looked like in your life. So would you take yeah. us on your journey? Yeah, I, uh, well, I'm going to, I realize that this is a really weird place to start, but I, I always feel like this kind of is the beginning of a painted picture. And that is, I mm -hmm. get asked all the time for people that see where I'm at and how healthy I am and how much breakthrough I walk through. And then when they find out all the years of mental illness and psych ward and drug addiction and on the streets and just that level of hardcore depravity. And when I see on the streets, I mean, actually on the streets, like those dirty people hitting themselves, yelling at cars, like I was one of those people. Wow. Um, and people say to me, where did you get your drive? How could you, I mean, we all know God loves us. We all are powerful. We're all this, we're all that. Where did you get your drive? Um, how do you just, you know, know God's truth and choose it when it's everything opposite that you've experienced? And yeah. I love the answer because it's shocking. A demon. It's a demon. And I'll tell you right. why. Because when I went through my deliverance, I definitely went through a deliverance with someone that doesn't do it like me, which God can heal anybody through anything. He can do what he wants. And I feel like the Lord let me have that experience 
because mm-hmm. of this reason. Uh, the person that took me through kind of power tripped with the demons a little bit and that oh, old wow. school deliverance type thing. Now, in my mind, I was really, really resting with Jesus connecting in this piece. Um, but and the first couple of demons left and that last one, I could feel it. I knew it was there and I could feel its anger and rage and fear, knowing it was going to have to depart. And the people that were close friends of mine that were there for um, prayer support were like, Jenna, that was not you. And all of a sudden, before that demon had to leave, it said she could never find out who she is. She could never find out who she is. She could never find out she's a frontline general. for Wow. And in that moment, something that I can only describe as supernatural happened. And I feel like up until that moment, my life was defined by my traumas. Every self-defeating behavior, self-sabotage, every lie, every bit of insecurity, every bit of neediness was all, I was able to have an excuse for it because I'd been raped. I'd been beaten. I'd been abused. I'd been cheated on. I'd, you know, all the years and years of sexual abuse and molestation. And I'd experienced so much trauma that my life actually had become, well, I'm broken here because this happened to me. The idea that I could actually be free from it and my behaviors and mindsets be free from it as if it never happened, never even occurred to me. But something in that moment, it was like this veil came off of my eyes and I saw my whole life and I realized, oh my word, Mm -hmm. that I was created for greatness. I was meant to be wonderful and powerful. And that is just every single thing that came at me to keep me from finding my identity. So now, instead of looking at the people through who hurt me, I was actually able to see the enemy's plan on the people around me that were broken and how the enemy used their brokenness to hurt me, to rob me from my identity. And so it changed everything. And now my drive was this, oh, actually, I'm gonna get everything that God said I get, Mm -hmm. and I'm gonna be everything that God said I get. So. Yes, I experienced more trauma, more, and not only the trauma that was done to me, but then going into a life of all of this is stuffed inside of me, all of these strongholds, and now I'm coping with drugs, uh, psych meds, uh, massive meltdowns in and out of the psych ward, and to the point where I could not handle being in my own natural emotions that I lied and stole and manipulated every single person around me and always had a story because of needing to get those drugs to not feel. And when God Mm -hmm. changed it, he changed it in a moment. And then I never realized how much he was going to take all of my healing and give me the understanding on how to be able to bring other people out. I don't know if that's what you were looking for, but that's just kind of. Oh my gosh. (laughs) <laughs> no, that's so good. I could like literally, and, and I've even watched you guys. I just want to encourage you to pull up Jenna's interview with Seth Dahl on YouTube. Amazing. Amazing. I watched the whole thing and my daughter did too. I just want to let you know. And she was like, oh, wow. oh my God. <laughs> yeah, she did. Are you talking about Seth and I have a lot of videos. We have videos, everything from challenging each other in the ice bath. But I think you're talking <laughs> about my documentary called Trauma the Truth. <laughs> yes. That's the one. It was like you were literally diving into your story and yeah. wow, amazing. 
So I feel like just kind of like piggybacking off of what you're talking about. I feel like the enemy tries to use trauma a lot of times to keep us stuck. Oh yeah. And more specifically stuck in the trauma. Mm -hmm. And so I was thinking, why is it so many times, you know, I think people think they have to tuck their trauma in like, Tuck right. that trauma in, girl. Don't let us see it. We don't want to <laughs> hide your trauma. You know, pretend it didn't happen. Yeah. Make sure you act like it too. Mm -hmm. But I think there's a bondage in that as well, like a bondage mentality. Yeah. Like there is so much freedom, I think, in acknowledging what happened to us. So why do you think people feel like they have to act like it didn't happen as a coping mechanism? Like, right. what would you say to that? Well, I think that, um, that was huge for me because, oh Lord, how would I want to answer that? Um, one, I think that we are all unique. I think that people don't understand, like, like for instance, here's a perfect, let me, I'm really good with examples. Um, yes, you are. <laughs> in that documentary, I talk about, there's a whole chapter called um, nobody hates an orgasm. I realize this is raw talk, but I'm going to be real about this. No, I love it. In that documentary, the feedback I got more yeah. from hundreds, probably even close to a thousand people was there is a spiritual dynamic that happens when we first either find out about sex or experience arousal. And, and nowadays it just seems like kids get introduced or shown or could be walking through the living room and see something that all of a sudden makes them aware of more, that there's something there that they don't know. And it always, when you don't have the understanding, has a sick, icky, but also arousing and curious thing yeah. that happens that we don't have verbiage for, okay? Especially when someone's first experience has been a molestation or a, a, you know, a rape or a trauma, the thing is, is that I don't know anybody who has been a victim of something, even as a little kid, who has ever told me they left that not feeling like they were dirty and it was their fault. And I know for me, the hardest part of coming out of the years of molestation that I dealt with, it was actually really easy to heal from all the rapes and traumas because somebody's actually being violent towards you and it's easy to identify what that is. But when someone you love and care about that's supposed to be your parent is mm -hmm. doing things gently, it's extremely confusing for a child. Of course it is. I mean, that's disgusting. Right. But what happens is what do you do when your body responds positively to something that your spirit is absolutely disgusted and grossed out by? Right. And it's so confusing and you end up, your body is now chemically, scientifically has a need for something it hates. So then the enemy takes that stronghold from where you started off being a victim and something horrific happened to you that should have never happened. And now you desire something that you hate. Therefore, if you feed that in any way and how people end up addicted to pornography or masturbation or you know early sexual activity, their body actually is wanting something that wasn't supposed to be activated until they were adult and married and was meant to be absolutely beautiful. But yet 
everything under the sun has taught them that it's sick and twisted to want that. And their spirit doesn't even want it. It feels gross. So now all that hate and self-destruction is put on yourself because your flesh is weak and it wins most of the time. Yeah. So you end up in this battle where the enemy sets you up to where not only is the enemy kicking you, you're kicking your butt, but now he has you kicking your own. Right. Right. And so all these people that said my whole life, I believed what happened to me was my fault. And I was a part of it because my body responded to it. No, no, that is not your fault. Someone older than you that knew what would happen, planted a seed that the demonic took over, you know? And so, yes, traumas, it can be anything from, you know, a lot of people and forgive me if I'm rabbit trailing a little bit, but I feel like when I first learned that there could be someone casting demons out of people. And even though those demons wouldn't leave or or, or that people believe the demons didn't leave, that that person was still possessed. Well, as time went on and the more sessions and the more I learned, because I feel like I've, I've never taken a class on deliverance. I just have Holy Spirit university is what Donnie DeSilva used to tell me all the time. Um, (laughs) is there's things I call them fractures right and what it is is the way that I explain it is if you have a five-year-old that's in kindergarten and he comes home and he witnesses mom get totally beat up by dad that child is one going to do everything to not rock the boat but he's also going to go to school and act like nothing ever happened. And he's going to stuff that. And there's this little tiny fracture in that pure, beautiful little heart that has now experienced this trauma and it goes unattended to, well, that fracture is actually going to stay at the age of responding to trauma in that category. Meaning now he's 28 years old. He's sitting at a restaurant with his wife and kids and maybe living a pretty okay life. But then the couple in the booth next to them start to get into an argument and the husband raises Mm. his voice. He is literally frozen at that age and will respond at that age of that five. He will respond as the five-year-old who witnessed that trauma instead of a grown man. And so what happens is those little fractures will actually try to self-protect. And often it can look like someone has multiple demons, but it's not. They have parts of them that are trapped at different ages. And so learning to go in and heal that trauma also takes away the stronghold where the enemy has a field day. You know, I didn't understand what the word stronghold meant. And then I learned more about like, you know, brick building and the mortar. And when Mm -hmm. a lot of your stuff in your life and the choices that you make are rooted in strongholds that have been built from trauma, then you're literally trying to live life through a demonically influenced filter. And so one of the things that I love to tell people is it's never about casting out demons. But 99% of my sessions, people get completely free and get delivered by breaking partnership with lies that they're believing that God never meant them for them to believe. Go back to that molested child. I'm dirty. I'm bad. I Mm -hmm. wanted it. Yeah. You know, those lies. Um, Or walking someone through being able to receive the perfect love of heaven that casts out all fear 
and inviting Jesus into some of those traumas and seeing what his perspective was and what his truth was and how he actually meant for it to be and doing an exchange. And as those areas of the heart that have been hurt or fractured um, are now healed, the enemy has no ground. And the demonic torment stops on its own. The demonic influence stops on its own. And the demons just leave because they can't handle the amount of love that's getting poured into this person because it's their kryptonite. And so, yes, do I sometimes want to walk through Skid Row and hit it like a tidal wave and just start slamming people (laughs) on the forehead and these out like old school Benny Hinn? Absolutely. But when I do go to Skid Row, what do I do? I sit and I watch to see who God highlights. Because 100% of the time, any person that I've ever gone up to, I'll just say something simple like, hey, are you ready for that internal monologue in your head that you're constantly fighting to be done? And they always, yes, please help me. I'm like, are you aware of what you're going through? Yes, God's been knocking on my door for a while. Because there's usually been so many people that have gone that God has sent before me, and there might be people even after me. But I want to be lined up with what he's doing, because the truth is, is if you go down there and you hit skid row like a tidal wave, there's not the equipping yeah, and the understanding for the heart healing. And so it will go get seven more and come back. And so I just want to stay in what God's doing and be a vessel for where he's moving and and healing the heart and getting that identity restored that was stolen. Oh, my gosh. I this is one of the reasons that I really wanted to have you on because when you talk, especially when you talk about like traumatic experiences, you can, I can literally just see it in my mind, like what you're talking about. I mean, and I just, I just love how you just give people permission to have these hard conversations. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And so I kind of wanted to pivot a little bit. So Uh I'm sure you've heard this phrase, you know, hurt people, hurt people, or, um, say what you don't deal with will eventually deal with you. So I was just wondering, could you talk about a time in your life where maybe you were forced to deal with a trauma that you maybe were not ready yet to deal with, or you kind of been pushing back, but it just kind of came to a head and you were just kind of forced to deal with it. Yeah actually. <laughs> and this one is, um, who, okay, wait, Lord, let me make sure that, let me see which one you want me to share. Actually, I, I think this is funny. Um, well, it's not funny. I just think the timing of this is funny. <laughs> so, you know, often I, when I go, when I've, you know, I've gone through years of inner healing, it always has to do with my redeemed life. I mean, my pre-redeemed life when it was bad, like going through you know, raceless, all this sin I did, all of that. And, and I focused on it. And so I'm going after it. Like I kind of got addicted to inner healing for a minute, you know? Um, but the idea of needing to go back in more recent times was kind of foreign to me. Right. Well, I, I, you know, I'm really good at being vulnerable and transparent because I just feel like there's so much power in it. 
and I love to share my process because I feel like so many people learn from it because we all think that we have to go away and fix ourselves. And that's what my buddy, my amazing friend, Matt Soli told me all the time, Jenna, it's like you go away and you work on yourself alone and then you come back and you release the victory of it all, but you don't really let anybody walk beside you. Mm-hmm. Well, I uh, recently was in a foreign country with a friend that there ended up being just a massive betrayal in that friendship. And it was really hardcore and it was very unexpected. And I came home absolutely devastated. Um, I, I really had no idea what to do with all of the emotions. And I realized it really wasn't about that person. I realized that it was punching much deeper, deeper mm, issues. Right. And I remember the first couple nights that I was home because I kind of snuck back into America under the radar, didn't really only let a few core people know that I was back and um, just really took the time. And so what do I do? I go into, <laughs> I go into, I'm going to heal my trauma mode and right. um, I'm laying there. What's the lie? What's this? I'm inviting you in. Da, 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 da. And finally, Jesus just says to me, would you stop trying to cast out stuff that's not there? Would you stop <laughs> trying to break lies that are non-existent? He's like, you don't know how to not be okay without trying to get okay. Um, and he's this. like, you don't know how to just be in your pain and let yeah. me hold you. Wow. And I didn't. And, and I, it, it really took some going after. And what's crazy is he took me back. This was mind blowing for me. Mm-hmm. As I'm, I started to say, Lord, why, why can't I let people know I'm hurting? Why, even if I do let people know that I'm hurting, do I always spin it in a way that I'm almost to break through and I'm going to be okay? Why can I not let people know that I'm hurting? And two things massive came up that healed old wounds. One was very old, one was more recent. And this was mind blowing to me because I would have never gone looking for this. But when I said, why can't I tell people that I'm hurting? Well, he takes me back to when I'm in my first year of ministry school at Bethel and my friend Holly and I went to school together, had no idea we were so codependent on each other, had no idea we were so broken. <laughs> I mean, we're still amazing <laughs> friends. Like we still are phenomenal friends. She was just such a like ride or die shared a room our beds were three feet from each other right yeah and uh basically I ended up being at a park in Reading one day and I witnessed this woman horrifically physically abuse a child in a car seat and the cops got called and I ended up having to be a witness and I it affected me bad now mind you I'd been out of drug addiction a little over a year at the time And I really didn't know that I didn't have coping skills on how to deal with things like that. And something in me made such a huge vow that I wasn't going to do drugs, but somebody walked by me smoking a cigarette and I smoked from like age 15 to 38 and I hadn't smoked in a couple of years, but I asked him for one. And I started, I think I, I went, I I went back to smoking for like 10 days or something and I'm hiding it from Holly. Well, Holly I didn't realize how much this affected me, but I'm at school one day at Bethel and Holly marches up to me like an angry parent. And she's like, I can't believe you've been lying to me. Da, 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 da. 
And she marches me to my revival group pastor. And this girl is devastated because she found cigarettes hidden in the closet. Like we're talking, it was so over the top, but what do you think my heart was doing? Oh my gosh, I've hurt my friend. Now she's not going to want to be my friend anymore. Like this is what the level of maturity we were at. Like she's going to hate me now. And now I feel so bad. And now I'm going in all of this guilt and shame to my revival group pastor to tell her I've been smoking cigarettes and I'll never forget it. Angela looks at Polly and says, um, I'm actually a little bit more concerned on your response to this. So in all reality, what am I thinking now? Oh, now, now Holly's going to think she's in trouble. Like I'm taking all the responsibility for everybody. Anyways, later that night, this is how God heals more people than once through your own trauma. That night she comes to me and she goes, Oh my word. And she says, Jenna, I know why that bothered me. She goes, I was learning in school through dare about how smoking and drugs can cause strokes and heart attacks. And my dad had had a stroke that year. And my dad was a massive smoker. And she goes, I remember believing it was because of the smoking. And at five, six years old, um, she started policing him and would go look for his cigarettes and crumble them up and throw them down the toilet. And every time he smoked, she thought he was going to die. Like it was literally a fear bondage as a little girl. And yeah, so we don't realize at the time, of course, how unhealthy this is, but she says to me, Jenna, I came down here with you and I need you to be okay. I need you to be okay because when you're not okay, I'm going to fall apart. And I promised her I would always be okay. So what happened is as I started to go through normal, I made this vow and I started normal life happens, traumas happen, temptations happen. And what I did is I got way stronger as hiding my hurt and my pain so other people could be comfortable than I was um, being open and letting know people that I was hurting. And so that was the first one is he showed me that vow with Holly. I ended up calling her and we actually were like, we were so broken. She goes, I can't believe I ever asked you to do that. And we actually (laughs) broke the vow together. And I actually said, I break off in Jesus name, the vow that I always have to be okay that when I'm hurting, I have to hide it from other people because I realized it became a way of life. So I could be out there bringing the whole other world to freedom while I was dying inside. And so that broke, that was one. But then after that, the the Lord that night, and it's still, this is very fresh. This is very deep for me. Next thing I know, God is sitting in the recliner that my mom was sitting in when I told her what my dad was doing. And he takes me back to that day. And, you know, there's a lot of traumas that got healed going back to that one day. And he pulls me up in his lap at this 13 year old that, and he goes, honey, I want you to think about your thoughts. And I realized that day, my thoughts were, oh my gosh, I don't want my dad to get in trouble. I don't want my dad to get in trouble. I don't want my dad to go to jail. He's going to be so mad at me. My mom's going to hate me now. My mom's going to be so mad. Oh my gosh. Oh my gosh. My mom, you know. And now my brothers, and why, why, did I, why did I say it? Why did I tell? And God says, never once did you even know that you could tell someone, I've just had everything stolen from me for years. I've had my innocence, my yeah. dignity, my self-respect stolen for years, but now I'm afraid of being in trouble. Mm-hmm. And he goes, you never knew that you could hurt. And he goes, even if you would have known that you could have run to a lap and just crawled in it and cried without needing to arrive somewhere. He goes, there wasn't one available. 
And so you've learned how to process that stuff through how the people around you are going to respond to your choices. And so God took me back through that day and I let him nurture me as a 13 year old who just said everything has been stolen from her. And so the Lord basically hit three traumas all at once. Um, Holly wasn't the trauma, but the vows that came from the trauma that I witnessed and how I didn't know how to walk through that pain and invite people in. I only knew how to stuff it. And so the Lord literally hit all three of those and showed me from the youngest age ever. I never knew that when I hurt or something was wrong or something bad happened to me, that I could say, I'm not okay. Someone hurt me and, and not feel like I have to hide it all to protect everyone. And so that, that's the that's what came up when you asked me that question is when have I been faced it was like God took one situation was like hold on I'm going to heal as many possibilities as I can through this if you'll let me and he did you know wow oh my gosh this is why this is one of the many reasons why I, I just I'm so glad that I found you is because it's like I feel like when you speak it helps others find freedom. You know, it's like, God doesn't use, he, he, he doesn't waste any situation. He, right. he's using what you've gone through to help set others free. Oh my gosh. I'm literally like, I feel like you're just flaying my heart as you're talking. Oh it's just so good. So good. <laughs> I so no, um, I will. I just want to add one thing. People yeah. have no, I don't think about it anymore, but people notice like, Jenna, you can talk about, you know, like there, I mean, like there's so many things that I'm not afraid to talk about, but it's because I let go of the shame. Mm. Like are the horrific things that I did as an addict and the people that I hurt disgusting? Absolutely. But God set me free and I'm not that person anymore. And one of the most powerful things that God ever said to me was when he was really wanting me to receive forgiveness and let go of the guilt and shame and stop every time he wanted to love me, reminding him of all the bad that I'd done. I remember when he said, actually, you know what, Jenna, you know the power of my forgiveness and you actually are ready to receive it. The problem is, is that you believe the lie. If the people you hurt don't see you suffering, they won't believe that you're sorry. And I realized that I actually did know the power of God. I actually did know the power of his forgiveness But I had completely taken on the responsibility of proving the people that I hurt and stole from and lied to, proving to them how sorry I was. And I did that by showing them how much suffering I was in. Because the idea of me moving forward and becoming this free person and having a wonderful life, Mm -hmm. that they wouldn't believe I was sorry. And so when God said, I'm asking you, to chase me face to face and I will turn the hearts of men. And when I stopped apologizing, I stopped begging forgiveness. I stopped keeping myself in self-punishment. Every single one of those people has been restored to me over the years. And it's because they watched my journey and they came to me and turns out they never actually hated me. They just couldn't watch me self-destruct anymore. Right. And God, but God used what they saw happen in me to turn around and bring them freedom and restore our relationship. And ever since then, I realized that everything that I thought I knew about what proves to people that you're sorry or what repentance looks like was all 
taught to me by broken church, broken parents and broken society. And just because I was taught that as a young girl doesn't mean that it's Bible. It's, it's kingdom. Yeah. And Mm -hmm. so like, I remember like, this kind of goes with what you said about when people say, you know, kind of like the, all the old cliche sayings that we've, you know, had our whole lives. Mm -hmm. Like people always say, um, God helps those that helps themselves. No, God says stop and let me do it. You know, or, or times when I've made messes and, uh, like kind of self-sabotage made messes and made mistakes and people got hurt. And I remember one day I said to the Lord, Lord, can't you grow me without me going through fire and me making a mess? Why is it every time things are good, the hammer has to fall. And he goes, I never said that. I said, glory to glory. But because that's your belief system, that's what you manifest. So I actually Ah. said, break up and renounce the lie. But every time things are good, the hammer has to fall. And um, I broke off and renounced the lie that um, you don't get something for nothing. Because you get with the cross, you get everything for nothing. Yes. You know, how many of these cliche sayings? You made your bed, lay in it. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. You made your bed. Now you got to, you know, you got to sleep in it, you know. No, God said, I not only burnt that bed, I destroyed that bed and that bed yes. no longer exists and you get to stand in my glory and yes. you get to boast and tell the world what I did, Ugh. you know? And yeah. so it's like when the Lord said, I said from glory to glory. So I declare it from glory to glory. Doesn't mean that mm-hmm. I don't ever go through refiner's fire. No, but it does mean that I don't keep, because here's the thing. The Lord showed me when I said, when he talked about my belief systems, he goes, you don't realize Jenna. Because of that, you subconsciously keep a certain level of chaos in your life to feel normal because you've spent your whole life navigating in pain. You don't know how to navigate in the glory. And so you will remind yourself subconsciously. And that's when I would self-sabotage. So when I could feel this, I wouldn't self-sabotage when things were bad. It was when everything was amazing because I didn't know how to navigate in glory. Yeah. It's like a cutter. They cut because they know how to navigate in pain. They don't know how to navigate when things are good, you know? And so then I was like, okay, Lord, teach me how. So when I could, when I would feel the cycles of self-sabotage come around, because you do have muscle memory from traumas, it does happen. I'd say, then my prayer became, okay, Lord, this is where I would normally self-sabotage and I'm not going to, but I don't know what to do instead. And the Lord showed me how to actually be able to sit on my bed and think of all the good, amazing things going on in my life. And how to be comfortable with them instead of uncomfortable. Oh my God. Sorry, I went on a tangent. <laughs> no, it's so good. I feel like you're just dropping these Jenna truth bombs all over the place. <laughs> it is. It's like, this is one of those that you're going to have to re-listen to because it's so good. So I have one more question for if you've yep. got time. Okay, yes. good. So um, like for me, I struggled with trauma for a long time, not even realizing what it was. Right. Um, what would you say to someone or what advice would you give to someone who maybe is still struggling with trauma from the past? Like maybe they've tried counseling, they've done the inner healing thing, but they still feel stuck. What, what kind of mm, encouragement I love this. would you give them? I love this. A lot of people don't think that they can, a lot of people think they can't even hear God that God doesn't show up. A lot of people, here's a big one. A lot of people don't realize that they subconsciously have their heart positioned in, well, if God wants to heal me, he'll heal me. Or maybe God has shown you how your life should be. 
But instead of applying your faith to that, what you do is you wait for something to unfold in that direction before you apply your faith to it. God gave us free will. He's not going to come in uninvited. So the verbiage I give people in this is, first of all, faith is believing without seeing. Can you believe that God is good even when it is not, or choose to believe that God is good even when it's not reflected in your circumstances, in your finances, in your relationship? Because until you start to apply your faith to God is good and wants the best for you, you're, you're basically positioning yourself for him to prove himself. And God doesn't prove himself to anybody. Okay. So the verbiage, the most simplistic thing I know that I tell people, keep asking over and over and over. The answer might change every time. You might not hear something every time. Right. Is God, what's your truth about me? Because mm-hmm. one of the biggest things I've learned is that we're all really good at ministering and pouring out. We're really good at showing up at church and doing all the right things. Most of us do not know how to sit still and let him love us. And when we try, we actually filter through all of our sin, not believing that he'll show up. So when we can get out of all of that and we say, God, what's your truth about me? I remember when I went after this, I went after learning how to receive from him versus what I could do for him. And I said, God, what's your truth about me? This is when I, before I was healed from all my traumas, he actually used a lot of this to heal my traumas. Um, this was, anyways, the first, when I said, God, what's your truth about me? And this flood of, oh my word, I'm so excited you asked. You're beautiful, you're powerful, you're this, you're that, wait till you yeah. see, blah, blah, blah. I was like, whoa, okay. The next <laughs> night I did it again. Oh my gosh, I cannot wait to show you. Da, 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 da. All this amazing stuff happened. All this amazing fell. Um, all this beautiful stuff happened that he said. Well, then I was like, well, okay. So then the next night, Jesus, what's your truth about me? Same thing. He did it again. And I went, okay. And this is where most people get jacked up. I said, okay, that's just my thoughts. I'm thinking all these good thoughts and I'm saying that they're God. But I guarantee you what he said to me next was so profound. There is no way that I'm that clever. He said, Jenna, there is not one amazing, beautiful thought that you could have about yourself that I don't have a billion more. So think away. I watched my daughter sit and suck on lies for almost 40 years. Do you not think I want my daughter to sit there and say, I'm beautiful. I'm amazing. I'm powerful. I'm free, I'm transformed and not be partnered with it. He goes, I'm never going to come to you and say, not that one, Jenna, that's too much. Now you're getting a little bit too big for your <laughs> Right. I'm never going to come to you and say, oh, hold on. Okay. That's a little bit too much. Now we're reaching. <laughs> I would give anything to watch you for the rest of your life, sit and think nothing but wonderful thoughts. Oh. And I remember I felt resistance to it. I totally felt resistance to it. And, and I, I realized that I felt like that was prideful. If I was going to sit and think good thoughts about myself and just tell myself that it was God. But when he said to me, Jenna, pride, isn't your problem. What you believe pride is, is what's distorted. And I'm like, yeah, what? And he goes, Jenna, if I say you're beautiful, if I say you're powerful, if I say you're a seer prophet, if I say you're going to change the nations and bring healing to powerful people, for you to choose to stay bound to a belief system I'm not having 
is you choosing your ways over mine and that's your pride. Oh, wow. And so when I realized for me to present myself as less than was actually my pride, it Mm. changed my life. So people that are buried in ick, if all you do is say, Jesus, what's your truth about me? And even if you hear, I love you, you're my daughter, believe it. Because those might sound cliche, but they're real. You are the daughter or the son of the king. You are beautiful. You are powerful. There isn't Mm -hmm. one good thing. If you want to sit and make a list of good things and then say God did it, he did. Because he is going to want that. Then what happens is as you start to trust his truth over your lies, he will stir up what he's healing. He heals a lot of stuff supernaturally. You'll all of a sudden wake up one day and be like, whoa, I responded to that so different. Whoa, that's crazy. I didn't filter through this, 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 and this before I made that decision. He literally will gently and lovingly lovingly through that relationship with you, heal the trauma, restore your identity, empower you to adopt the greatness of who you are, and is so excited for you to stop reminding yourself and him of everything you've done wrong. Oh my gosh. Oh, that's such a good place. I mean, like, I don't want to end it right there because it's so good. Like I've got to have you back on because oh, I'll do it. you have so much in you. I think like the world needs more Jenna's. We need more Jenna's. We just need more dinners. <laughs> well, I'm hoping heartscaping is changing a lot. And I'm, yeah, I, tell I us about it. it yet, but um, I'm getting ready to announce that heartscaping is actually um, because of the demand is why my prices have been so high. And I love that Sean taught me because I, I would get accused of, I guess only rich people can pay for freedom. And, and I love that <laughs> Sean, they're not paying for deliverance. They're paying for your time. And when you're booked out six weeks, you know, at a time. And and then just God, the grace lifted and God just said, I'm not going to have you behind a computer, you know, all the time. And so hardscaping is going to become an affordable subscription for everyone monthly and all my content. I'm going to be filming new content um, every week. I'm going to be going live once or twice a week. And anybody in that subscription is going to have full access to everything. And, um, and then also the retreats. I'm getting ready to new, move into a new home that will all be able to host the retreats in my home where I will either do um, three individuals or two couples um, at a time where they come and literally go through basically heart surgery, healing, and equipping all within four oh, wow. days. And oh the ones gosh. that I've done, there's some testimonies on my, because I've done, I've hosted two so far. I've done one couples one and one individuals. And everybody filmed uh, testimonies. They're on my Instagram. And I have yet to see anyone not get completely rocked and leave completely radically changed. And, um, and so it's going to be a subscription so that I can get way more content out there to way more people instead of just, I can't do the one-on-ones anymore. It's just, it's, it's just, it's too hard. (laughs) Mm -hmm. And so um, the, this month, the end of this month will be the last of my one-on-one sessions and it'll go into subscription and retreats. Okay. So you're doing these to the end of March, right? Yep. The one-on-ones. Okay. Yep. Oh my gosh. That's epic. That's amazing. Yep. Well, Jenna, the thing, I think, oh, you, sorry. 
No, go ahead. Go, go ahead. Uh, I was just going to say, because I'm hitting so many different avenues with the subscription, because I teach so yeah. many different things. Like one is about deliverance. What about if you're supposed to be someone to bring prophetic delivery, prophetic deliverance to someone? I help people how to identify and find out what their spiritual gifts are and how to be able to equip them and walk in them. Um, inner healing, like there's coaching, like there's just so many different avenues mm-hmm. that, um, I do. And with a subscription, I can get it all out there. Yeah. And people need this. Like, I just want to encourage you guys to go sign up. I, you will not be disappointed at all, but Jenna, I just want to thank you so, so much for coming on for, um, your time today. And as always guys, until next time, we bless you. 